Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Looking to get side of Lafondra away from Davis. Three one running. Three points running. Hello everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Elm Park Rules preview podcast. Mixing up my words there. Brought to you, of course, by Phantom Brew Co. Quick shout out to Phantom Brewery. Had a fantastic event on last night um, for the Super Bowl. Very well run. Get yourself down there. Grab yourself a beer. It's a fantastic place to go. Have a nice beverage well we are going to have a look at the Fleetwood game this this week Tuesday night in Fleetwood isn't that what dreams are made of to be honest when you come down to League One um we're just doing a view from the opposition today so we're going to take a take a deep dive into Fleetwood and to do so we are joined by Ben uh from you might know him on Twitter as Nappers or Cod Vlogs on YouTube how are you doing mate very good, Matt. Thank you. Thank you for having me on and uh, looking forward to discussing all things uh, about the game tomorrow. Nice, cold, crispy evening in, uh, in Fleetwood in February. It's it, like, like it's just those novelty trips that you think of, of like Carlisle on a Tuesday night or something, or just Carlisle at all, Fleetwood on a Tuesday. I know the previous game, I think, was on a Tuesday for, for you guys. It's um, I guess that's fair to have both sets of fans going on a Tuesday night rather than one one going on a Saturday and one going on a Tuesday. Um, I mean, there's quite a lot to dive into, I think, because um, we missed you obviously earlier in the season uh, when we were doing the preview. That was obviously on a Tuesday night as well. Um, but let, let's just take a look at Fleetwood really um, as a as a club, really, because 10, 15 years ago down in National League, very quickly rose up to League One, though. Um, I think it was 13, 14 or 14, 15, jumped up to League One. And since then, been League One ever since and always kind of sometimes mixing it with the playoffs, sometimes relegation. Give us a bit of insight into Fleetwood Town of late. It's been very rare that we've had a normal season in League One. I think one was last season where we finished, I think, 13th. And it was all season long, you could see we're not going to go down here, but we're not going to go up. And um, I know we're a small town, it's a small football club, a population of 25,000 with the C next year. Uh, we've got uh, an unbelievable training facility in uh, Pilfoot Farm, which has got, you know, 
massive amounts of 11-a-side pitches, 5-a-side pitches in indoor dome, a gymnasium, you know, restaurants, 5-a-side pitches for, for the local, you know, schools and the, the whole community to use as well. It's one of the best in the division in, in my eyes as well, but the ground is small. As a football club, we're small. The budget is, is competitive for this level. So, again, we're, we're a League One football club on, on merit and this is our 10th season now. So, uh, yeah, we, we, we've mixed it with some big boys along the way, your Sunderland's, your Ipswiches, um, and then you've obviously got your, your local stuff as well, your Boltons, your Blackpools, uh, obviously Derby County as well is a big club, and obviously Reading is added into that as well. Yeah, well, it's been quite quite a fantastic run, I think, for, for for you guys of late, and like I say, really earned that 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 League One status um, for, for 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 a town like Fleetwood. Um, this season, though, slightly more turbulent times. We're going to just take a bit of a look into this season obviously started the season with scott brown in charge um didn't go brilliantly obviously sacked um i think it was just after the start of september 3rd of september after one draw in six games sat 23rd lee johnson came in was appointed 10th of september but then sacked after only four wins in 17 and obviously now have charlie adam um we'll touch upon i guess the the, the, the game previous between between the two of us but let's have a just a quick look at fleetwood this year what what has been really the the not the downfall but the difference from last season where you were comfortably mid table performing well to to this season what changed the ownership andy pilly our own obviously being he sent down for for the charges that went against him. Obviously, I don't think anyone knows what's going on at the football club, so it's been a bit of a, a difficult time with that. I think recruitment was poor in the summer as well. You know, the, the left-back situation, we didn't have a, a fully fit left-back till, till January and we just signed one and after two games, he gets injured as well. Um, strikers, there was no real firepower. There, there was a couple of players unhappy at the football club, experienced players that, made it difficult to, to, to be able to be managed and to play to the best of the ability on big money. And it wasn't until January we could get them out. And that was to the end of January, your Josh Vellers, your, your Jack Marriott, and obviously Josh Earl left the football club as well. But he was slightly, you know, a, a better case that you give you give everything. That's what you've got to say. So we've just been struggling on and off the pitch, really. And um, the budget was there, still there to be competitive. The playing, if you looked at the squad at the start of the season, you'd think Fleetwood were going to be all right with the likes of Marriott, Stockley, Vellish, and Mangas, you know, but he's just, they never really kind of um, you know, performed to the best of their ability, unfortunately. And uh, Fleetwood are uh, uh, second bottom of the league because of that. Has it been probably more external factors then? Because to be honest, I think there might have been quite a bit of excitement when someone like Lee Johnson comes into Fleetwood Town. But realistically, it was kind of a bit of a disaster, really. You know, everyone talks about how Lee Johnson is obviously very streaky, has obviously had had periods at um, uh, Hibernian, sorry, up in Scotland, uh, Sunderland, Bristol City good manager for Fleetwood probably to bring in, you'd think, on the face of it, but just never really clicked. Yeah, he talked a good game, just couldn't walk the walk, unfortunately. And and a lot of things he said, I agree with. I just kind of think that he said uh, a lot of the stuff too early to the players. Maybe you're not good enough. Maybe you're going, you're going, you're going to stay here. And it kind of caused a, a riot in the change room and some players took to him and the experienced ones didn't kind of take to him, unfortunately. And because of that, um, you, you saw players not perform to the best of the ability, and you can't have that when you're Fleetwood. You're a small, small, small club, and you need to fight for every ball. 
Um, but no, Lee Johnson, you know, got some good results at Barnsley away, Reading away, Blackpool at home. That week we had really um, in that period uh, for eight days or so where we, I think we scored something like seven or eight goals. We let in a lot of goals, don't get me wrong, but um, there were some good facts in there. But overall, the results wasn't quite good enough. And uh, same for Scott Brown. He wasn't given a lot of time, but I do think that Lee Johnson definitely lost the change room. And you could see that there was a, a divide, not just in the change room with the players, but the staff and everyone, you know, in with the football club wasn't quite happy at that period of time mm. and so charlie adam replaced him um reading fans will probably remember him quite fondly um uh, became a bit of almost a cult hero figure in his time at, at, at reading fc one of the best passes of the ball I'd, I'd say that i remember even though he, he didn't have the best mobility and he couldn't really play 45 minutes let alone 90 minutes um we all loved him the scottish plo we used to sing for him um was he a bit of a left field, maybe an unpopular appointment given his notoriety, obviously, at Blackpool, just down the road from you? What was the feeling and sense from Fleetwood fans when he came in? I can imagine it's probably a difficult one, but yeah. I think the supporters expected it because Charlie is well connected within the football club. He's been to a lot of our games and it was always rumoured and rumbled upon that he would one day be Fleetwood Town manager. I always thought that if he got an opportunity, it would be at Fleet with his connections to Will and you know Steve and uh, Andy, certainly. And uh, obviously, he's been doing a lot of work with his coaching badges, a lot of work to be made that possible. Um, and then, obviously, been working at Burnley as loans manager. Uh, and Fleet was all about bringing youth, young players through and selling them on for big amounts of money. And they want a manager to, to make the town proud. And that's what Charlie's about. Um, his Blackpool connections doesn't really bother me because he played for Blackpool 13, 14 years ago. Like the amount of plays that we've had that have been good for us, um, that have been connected with Blackpool in some way or managed Blackpool in some way, you know, at the end of the day, it's just, you can't change your history, can you? Let's be honest about it. And, you know, he was successful at Blackpool. He had three good years there. Obviously, you know, a promotion to, to, to the Premier League and a year in the Premier League and, you know, kept them up the season before when he joined from Rangers. But he's also played for Rangers. He's played for Stoke. He's played for, for Reading yourselves and uh, went back to Dundee, didn't he? And uh, But again, that won't get mentioned. It'd just be the Blackpool one. So, no, I think it was... Um, Obviously, him next to Lee Johnson in terms of experience and in a battle, you think, why? But he has certainly got to tune out the players because they're now fighting for him. And he seems like a very man management that puts your arm around you or let's go for a walk around the pitch. Let's go for a pint. Let's go and sort this out. He seems very old school, which I think we need in this type of battle. Mm. Um, and just quickly before we touch on recent form, obviously, you mentioned the ownership struggles and kind of behind the scenes issues that you've got at Fleetwood Town. Reading FC fans, obviously, very accustomed to that sort of chat and kind of um, what well, League One seemingly is almost... I've kind of found it a bit of a sad place because it's seemingly club after club after club after club who've gone through these torrid ownership periods on the brink of going out of business. I mean, you know, even ones like Cambridge, Exeter, that people might not have been too well familiar with. Um, give us a bit of insight just into what 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 the ownership struggles are like at Fleetwood and really what Reading FC fans might be able to do or just for the exposure of, of it, really, from our perspective. Well, Fleetwood, we are in trouble financially. And it's nothing like the situation that, you know, you you boys and girls are, are struggling down your end. But it, the football club is still sustainable. The football club is still paying its bills. The football club is still spending money. The football club is still pretty much running as it is. It's just what Andy's done in a past life that has caught up with him. And he's basically meant, well, he can't own the football club. And 
again, no one kind of knows what to do. No one, it kind of feels like they had time to be prepared, but they're not prepared enough. And whatever happened, it's like, well, the football club just needs a bit stability. And that's, um, we've not got at that at the moment. As soon as we get that, I think we'll be on a level playing field to, to be able to stay in League One. We've just got to get through this season. If we stay up this season, it'd be huge, not just for this season, but for the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years for the football club. So um, we've got to stay up. And uh, as, as as I've read him, because you know, potential new owners coming into to, to a big football club in League One is a lot different to them being in League Two. And um, again, I don't know if it's going to be new ownership at Fleetwood. I think it'll still be run by the Pilly family. But again, staying in this division is vital for, for the football club. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewellery from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Absolutely. Well, obviously, best of luck, obviously, with that for the rest of the season. Let's have a look at recent form for for um, for Fleetwood Town, because obviously Charlie Adam came came in the very back end um, of December. Since um, he went on a bit of obviously a dry, dry spell, I think it was five games without a win or so that he started with. But of, of late, two wins and uh, it was a very unlucky loss, really, in the end to Lincoln. Um, obviously, um, we're talking before a mistaken identity red card, which kind of turned turned the tide of that game. What you, you said that Charlie's brought this kind of um, feel good, kind of old school, have a beer down with him at, at the pub, kind of feeling. But what is Charlie like as a manager for you guys? What's he brought that's kind of turned things around, really, for you guys of late? Togetherness, a bit of passion, a bit of you know, steal the players are liking his methods, you see, and that they're the liking and buying into what he wants to do, the, putting the bodies on the line, the, the wanting to express themselves, to fight until the end, the representing the town, and that's what, exactly what he wanted to do. I don't mind losing as long as we give everything. Sometimes he's a bit cautious in, in his substitutions when we've had 10 men that I think a young manager he will learn from. I think that the last two games that we've had a man sent off that he could have done a little bit better in terms of tweaking the personnel, but he's done whatever he can do available to him. So, um, no, um, I think that he's brought that a bit, a bit of grit, a bit of togetherness. And as a team, we, we're now actually you know, having more chances going forward. He's changed the formation from a back four back to a back three. And now our front three look dangerous and look like we can score goals. We do look like we can concede a lot of goals, but we do look a threat on the counter-attack or you know, when we get the ball forward to Stockley for, for Cochrane and promised to, to run on behind so again tactically it's much better to watch and uh, we're now seeing a, a real Fleetwood uh, town whether we win lose or draw one player you've mentioned there that's been kind of I guess crucial for Fleetwood of late is Jaden Stockley player with lots of lots of potential obviously had had periods at Preston North End um, as well previously in the championship very very good striker um, and really since Charlie Adam has come in I think it's four is it four goals in I think it's seven or eight games and two or three assists he's really kind of bringing this team together and of course he's a big physical striker um, but has really been crucial for you guys of late yeah, he was playing up front on his own with Marion, and it just wasn't quite working. It's like, you're not the best of, there's no real pace there. It's two decent finishes, and they can knock the ball and hold the ball up. But now, we, we when we go along into Stockley, he can flick it on for Coughlin and 
uh, promise to run in behind and we look at the real threat. When he's on his own up there, he, he struggles holding the ball up and bringing others into play, which he can do well. But again, we, we don't look quite as effective. So yeah, four goals to us, I think, in seven games and uh, you know, been vital for us, whether it's a, a headed goal, you know, a, you know, one from a corner, whether it's uh, been a shot uh, like he did against Port Vale. We're going to need him, we're going to need Cock, we're going to need Prom, we're going to need the whole team to, to be as one. And I think we need to win at least eight games you know, from our remaining 15 to stay up. And that is a, a big ask for the football club. Who would you be looking for then kind of to step out of this Fleetwood team? Who's kind of the ones to watch really for, from, a, from a Fleetwood perspective? Uh, Brendan Wiradu is a, is a big player for us. Um, I think Junior Caterno is, is another one that, you know, he's pacing when he can come on as well. Brendan Wiradu is vital for us. He, he needs to, to be in that team. He's our captain, our, our, you know, our leader as well. And, that, and that, that's vital for us. Coughlin has looked good in recent weeks, scored two and two. I guess Bristol Rovers and Port Vale didn't score at the weekend, but got you know substituted at half time. Promises another one, big lad, good finish at this level when he gets a chance, big, big and strong, and uh, you know, one, one of our many talents up the field as well. One player then to pick out out, out, out of that lot for uh, for Reading fans to keep an eye on. We're do go on. We're do. Yeah, fantastic. So Brenda, Brendan Wiradu, centre-back, shirt number four, keep an eye out for him, Reading FC fans. Right, let's let's have a look at a Tuesday night in Fleetwood at the Highbury Stadium. Not obviously that old one that was knocked down in London, up the other end of the country. Ben, tell us a bit about the Highbury ground in Fleetwood. What can Reading fans expect who are making that long trek up on a Tuesday night? Small ground, open ground, you know, old school, typical non-league ground. Uh, obviously, it's been through the league. There's a nice modern stand on the far side, but obviously some of your supporters will be situated in in the far corner there. Um, a stand behind the stand on the other side. Uh, two open terraces, uh, obviously with roofs on, uh, behind both goals. One that goes kind of halfway up the pitch, which is the away end, and the, the full one behind the goal, which is open to, to, to the home supporters as well, the, the Copper Fleet, with it, if you like, as well. Situated in the middle of a park as well, at the Memorial Park, and there's lots of good facilities around the ground, food or, or drink uh, as well. There's a bar at the ground that, that away fans are very welcoming that is uh, one of the best supporters bar uh, in the division as well. So uh, lots to do but, uh, in and around the town and uh, a nice old school uh, open ground as well. Hmm. What is your score prediction going to be then for this? Obviously, we've, we've mentioned massive game for both teams. Really big. Um, if you've got to pick a score prediction... What's it going to be? Well, you're a good, you're a good side. We're saying that off air. You've lost one in twelve, two in sixteen. You won five, drawn six, lost one. You know, in that period as well, you know, managed to you know get a couple of points off your local rivals in Oxford. I think it's going to be very tough. I think it'll be one-one. I'd love it to be two on Fleetwood. I think we need a result like that. But I think I'm going to go for one-one. It'd be it, we need to win tomorrow to have any chance. So it's a it's a big game. But you know, I'm very aware of the side that Reading are, and you're fighting like ourselves as well. But you've got like, a little bit more quality than us. I think we're at home, uh, open stadium. We've got to make it ours. And I think you you know you're at home. You're in the playoffs for the best home from away from home. Struggled a bit in the earlier parts. Improved since I think you won away at Wickham, didn't you? Earn the season as well. So I think we'll go for a one-one draw. I think it'll be very, very cagey and uh, maybe more scared of what we're going to lose rather than what's there to win. Mm. Oh, you see, I like I, I still struggle to predict anything away from home because we went such a long, long time where I was just predicting loss after loss after loss, and we were losing after. Um 
one one I'd kind of be happy with, I think. Uh, uh, but again, I think I'm going I'm, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna predict one one and just hope that we can nick it two one like 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 yourself. Um, but um, but yeah, Reading obviously on some good form away from home. Um, sounds weird to say that. Um, and in general, one loss in twelve. Um, it should be a very good and tasty game anyway um ben best of luck for the rest of the season um obviously if you do fancy catching up on any fleetwood content go catch obviously ben over on his youtube channel usually do match day vlogs and everything don't you on there and on twitter yeah and league one content as well league one lives and uh, all things scab at league one so not just fleetwood so Reading fans you're more than welcome to join me over there and thank you for having me on again matt no, absolute pleasure, mate. Go give Ben a follow um, and keep up to all, all the latest League One and Fleetwood content on there. Um, thank you, everyone, obviously, for listening. Um, if you have enjoyed it, be sure to give us a five-star rating on your podcast of choice. It does really help us in our podcast rankings and everything and all that jazz on that side of things. Give us a like on, obviously, all of our socials. Keep up to date with the latest Reading FC and EPR content. We will be back following the Fleetwood game, probably a bit sleepy um, on the Wednesday. Alex and myself will be going up and making the journey back, so it's probably going to be a 3.30 or so get in um, but we will be back on Wednesday um, to give you a post-match podcast um, so yeah until then this has been the Unpark Rolls podcast I've been Matt Lansley we'll catch you on the next one <laughs>